Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Pray. Father God, I just thank you for this morning, Father, as we minister your Word. Your Word that's alive. Your Word that's full of power. Your Word that's active and effective in our lives, Father God as we put the word of God to work. And so, Father, I just thank you for this congregation this morning. I thank you for open hearts to receive the word of God, hungry hearts that want to grow, want to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, Pastor Rick did a great job of ministering on honor last week, didn't he? But with our obedience, we honor God with our obedience and our reverential fear of God. And reverential fear is different, and it's not like being afraid of God with possi possible punishment for something we may have done wrong or something we didn't do that we should have. A reverential fear of God is to have a high reverence for him above all else. One meaning of reverence is a feeling of deep respect tinged with awe for God and all his greatness and his awesome love for us. Another part of reverential fear is praise and worship. I thought that praise and worship this morning, you guys you got to come tonight. If we don't get to experience get entering into the presence of God like we will tonight, it's going to be amazing. Uh, and one form of, well, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Um, so it's going to be amazing, and uh, you'll get have a chance to really enter in, and you know, I'm sure there'll be people up here on the floor on their knees or even maybe even just prostrate, prostrate on the floor. It's going to be amazing. So, all right, I want to go to Amplified 128. Sorry, Psalm 128 out of the Amplified. You guys ought to try this. It's not easy. <laughs> okay. Psalm 128, verse 1 out of the Amplified Classic. It says, Blessed is everyone who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord, who walks in his ways and, live, and lives according to his commandments. Do you see that? Everyone who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord is blessed. Just, just by entering into praise and worship, you're blessed. God is here. God is here, and you're honoring God with your, with your praise and worship. And he loves that, and he deserves that. He's worthy of it. Okay, so what are his ways and his commandments? Walking in love. Walking in forgiveness. Oh, do I have to forgive? You get to. It's a commandment. Being kind, being generous, being patient, praying for leaders in authority. Oh, that's another one. Do I have to pray for them? It's a commandment you get to. Doesn't say you have to love them or have to agree with what their policies are. You know, a lot of us right now in our present administration, we'd like to do something besides pray for him, right? Oh, well. Okay, but we're praying for him and teaching our, our children about the ways of God. And to me, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. A reverential fear of the Lord is a lifestyle. Honoring him in every aspect of, of our lives, what comes out of our mouth, how we're, what we're, at, how we're acting, what we're um, portraying to others. It's a lifestyle. So um, this morning I'm going to minister a little bit about using the word of God in, in our prayers. And so um, John 1.1 1, 1, and Rick, I gave you some that you don't need to always go to, but because I'm going to go through them kind of fast. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, or was with God. It says God and His Word are one. Jesus was or is, still is, the exact representation of God. Everything you see Jesus do, God does or did. God, um, everything you see hear Jesus say is something that God would say. He's exact representation. A lot of us know that Pastor Michael here is a lot like his dad. You see his dad in Michael, but a lot of times you see me in him. I, I love that. <laughs> Don't wouldn't you? Anyway, um, and so, but everything that's in Jesus comes from the Father. And, and he's given us his word to represent and to show us who Jesus is. Jesus is kind. He's gentle. He's all those things, isn't he? He gets them from his Father. And, and he helps us get those things through his word. His word is effective. His word is full of life. 
And G Matthew said in Matthew 24, 35, Jesus says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. <clears throat> in 1 Peter 1, 25, it says the grass dies and withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The Bible full of God's words, his promises and his commands will last forever. So it's not going anywhere. Praise God. It's not going anywhere. The Bible's not going anywhere. God's words are, are going to be with us forever. <clears throat> Jeremiah 1.12 says, For I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Perform means to carry out, execute, do, to accomplish. God will make his word come true for us. He will manifest his word in our lives. If we do the word of God, if we put the word of God to work in our lives, God will make sure that it comes to effect in our lives, come to pass in our lives. You can count on that. God says what he means, and he means what he says. His will is his word. The word of God is the will of God, and the will of God is the word of God. It's kind of an oxymoron kind of thing there, but oh, it's so good. Can't go wrong finding out the will of God when you get in here. Okay? <clears throat> God never changes. If he, well, he doesn't say one thing one day and, and something else the next day. If he does what he says, he will do. If we find a promise in his word, we can take it to the bank, so to speak, because he's good for it. <clears throat> All right. Hebrews 12, 4, out of the Amplified. Or is it 412, Nancy? Oh, it's 412. <laughs> I can ask Nancy. She always knows where that is. Okay. Turn to that one, and if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 4.12. Talking about the Word of God here, <clears throat> and I like it really well out of the Amplified. It says, for the Word of God, or for the Word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It's full of what? Power. Power. And it's a, making it effective, operative, energizing, and effective. That's a lot of adjectives for it, isn't it? A lot of adjectives describing the power of God. But it's alive. I love that. And um, I like to put in there, for the word that I speak is alive and full of power. Because I'm speaking God's words. It's working in my life. It's full of power. It's active. It's operative. It's energizing and effective in my life. Okay. I'm going to give you an example of how the word energizes us. All right? How many of you have ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm so tired. I'm still tired after eight hours of sleep. I don't want to get up and go to church this morning. So I'm going to stay home today. I don't feel like going to church. It's been a long week, and I've been dealing with people all week. If I stay home, I don't have to deal with people. It's my day off, and I just want to relax. Maybe later I'll just watch online, or maybe not. I'm just going to go back to bed. Don't raise your hand, okay? Because <laughs> you know what? Trust me when I say that your pastors feel that way sometimes, too. Oh, but we got to go to church. We're the pastors, right? <clears throat> okay, so another outcome of a scenario like this could go like this. I'm so warm in my bed right now, and I really would like to stay here all day long. It's cold outside this morning. But God's word tells me that I need to go to church and be in, in the assembly of the believers. I've got a part to play. I've got a, my supply to bring. So I'm going to go to church. I know it's cold outside, but family, get up. Let's go. We're going to church. That person is obeying the word of God. He's honoring the word of God, right? He's doing honoring the commandments of God. Because again, that's not an option for us as Christians. God says go to church. And so... Uh, the Passion Translation of that verse says, this is not the time, I'm sorry, of Hebrews 10, 25. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. Isn't that pretty honest, pretty modern? Okay, so back to the word energizing. Come to church on Sunday. The worship team sing, sings your favorite songs and pastor gives a message that just blessed you and it was just what you wanted, wanted, needed to hear. By the time church is over, you are so excited and so built up. You're full of power and ready to go conquer the world, right? You're energized. It's what the Word of God does. It's what, what, how the Word helps us. I mean, it just motivates us to get, get in and do it. That's what the Word of God does for us and in us. It energizes us. 
The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It's active, operative, energizing, and effective. Okay? Uh, Matthew 6.38 says, um, But seek, aim, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things shall be added to you besides. Before this, before verse 38, they were talking about the flowers of the field, what clothes are you going to wear, what are you going to eat, all of those things that are in our daily lives, right? And uh, um, God knows that. God knows what we have need of. God knows that. And so um, all these things will be given unto you. Um, one Sunday morning, this has happened years ago, during hunting season, there was a couple that were both very um, avid hunters, and they worked full-time during the week, and they really wanted to go hunting on Sunday, but, but they made the decision to come to church. Isn't that awesome? And they would go hunting after church. So they were in church, God blessed in church, I don't know all those details anymore, but they walked in God's ways of seeking God first. They went out after church that morning, both had an easy hunt, both got an elk, and they were home before dark. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> so isn't an elk a thing? That thing was added to them, wasn't it? Because they honored God. They revered. They had reverential fear for going to church and doing what God asked them to do. Pastor Danny says this, you take care of God's business, and he will take care of your business. Over the years, we've heard many people say that they didn't want to come to church a particular day. But they did, and they were so glad they did. God meets you where you are. Just got to do the word. So <clears throat> um, now I want to talk about using God's word in our prayer life. If we want a life of prayer that's effective, powerful, energizing, don't you think it'd behoove us to use God's word in our prayers? And there's some prayers we're going to talk about in the Bible. Okay. <clears throat> so what is prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God from our hearts. It's, it's our avenue for communicating with God. And all of us should have a set time every single day to spend time with the Father. He's a loving Father, and he cares so much about it. He really, really, really does like us. And he really, really, really loves us. Because he's a good Father. And, uh, and prayer is based on a relationship that we have with him relationship. We say that all the time around here, don't we? It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with a God who really cares. And like Jesus, that's a big brother. It's, it's amazing. Um, how many of you have been enjoying, uh, well, Pastor Michael talked about that, enjoying your, our great reset about reading every day? Reading out of the Bible every day? Okay. And I have really been enjoying watching The Chosen along with that. And I know a lot of you have, too. And uh, it's just amazing to see how. And I love the, the one of my favorite episodes is where Jesus is with the children. And the children think that he, Jesus can't see what he's doing. Or they think Jesus doesn't see them. Yeah, but he is. He's watching. He's hearing. And it's just really special. And uh, then another one that I watched this week, or last week or sometime, is where John the Baptist came to visit Jesus on, in, in the campsite where they were traveling. And the actors portrayed just such a special bond between each other. And it was really interesting. <clears throat> and Jesus wanted so much to have time with, with John that he even asked his disciples to go, go away so we can have, so John and I can have some special cousin time. I thought that was really cool. And so, um, and the movie showed them laughing and showed them spending time together. And then John goes on his way. <clears throat> um, I'm going to share some prayer times of, where Jesus, of Jesus. And in Matthew 14, Jesus gets some news that John had been murdered because of the party that somebody wanted and wanted John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so Jesus gets this news and uh, says, as soon as he heard the news, he left in a boat to go to a remote area to be alone. I think he just probably wanted some time to think about John and have a maybe some grieving going on, just have some quiet time. But the crowds heard where he was headed, and they followed him on foot from many towns. So he, he got busy, distractions of life. And so he, he, in his compassion, he ministered to the sick, 
had compassion on them. He healed their sick. And then the afternoon came, on, came along in the evening, and all the people were hungry then. There's like 5,000 people plus there. And now the apostles are coming to Jesus. The disciples are, came to Jesus and said, they're hungry. We need to feed them. And so Jesus fed them. And then, and then um, so that was 5,000 people. And then he, uh, actually, he blessed the, the, you know, the five loaves and two fishes, and then the, the disciples distributed the food. And immediately after this, in feeding the large crowd, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side. And after, spending, after sending them all home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Jesus' quiet alone time with his father got interrupted by what happened in life, you know. But he finally got it. But he, made the, made, he had to make an effort to do that, right? Okay, let's look at Mark 1, chapter 1, verse 35. It talks about another time that Jesus had to get away. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pr pray. Later, Simon and the others went to find him. When they found him, they said, everybody's looking for you. Those times that were so needed in our lives, right? As, as a mom, as an employer, or working at Safeway, somebody needs to check their groceries, or somebody's got the lights going off on the checkout, a self-check, and you've got to go help them. Get interruption. Life is about interruptions. In our busy days of life and all the distraction that happened in our days, we may need to seek the Lord early in the morning or maybe at night. Just find time to do it. Find time to be with him. This is where your prayer life is based on. This is your relationship with the Lord. Okay, let's look at one more. Luke 6, 12. One day soon after, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. We have mountains around here, don't we? And he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, Jesus called together all his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his disciples. Or his apostles. He's choosing them to be his apostles. Can't you see Jesus and the Father talking about these guys? Who should we pick? You know, Peter, he's kind of a strong-willed and maybe... What's a good word, Monty? Describe Peter or Simon. <laughs> yeah, or Simon. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> yeah. But they chose, chose him, didn't they? He was, a, he was among one of the 12 that, he, they, that um, was listed in the Bible there. Um, and then there was Andrew. Matthew. Nobody likes Matthew very well. God, do we want him on our team? Some of the other, other disciples don't like him very well, though. In The Chosen, that is. That's a movie, so. All right. What about Thomas? He's got all kinds of questions. But Jesus took that time all night long. I think they were in consultation. He was talking to his father. That was a major, major decision he had to make. And I believe that all that time talking to him the night before helped him decide. Well, how many times do we have a, a major decision we need to make? Choice, cho some choices we need to figure out in our life. Spend some time with the Father. Get his wisdom. Find out what he wants you to do. Find out what he thinks about the whole situation. Amen? All right. All right, so um, we're going to talk a little bit more now about attitudes about prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 talks about praying without ceasing. So when can you pray? According to the scripture. All the time you should be in prayer. All the time we can be talking to the Father. We don't have to go out into the, into the desert or someplace. We can go to the bathroom and talk to God. We can go hide ourselves in the bathroom when you got kids, mom, 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 mom. Or when, <laughs> PJ, when you got kids that you teach every day, right? All right. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, When you pray, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And all your prayers in thanksgiving. <clears throat> Wednesday night crew, what do we do after every prayer? Don't forget the... Don't forget the Thanksgiving. Jerry Saval will say that. Don't forget the Thanksgiving. When you pray, don't forget the Thanksgiving at the end of your prayers. Why? Because you're thanking God in advance for what he's going to do for you. And it says, don't go, don't have fret, don't be fretting or having anxiety. But in every situation, pray. And, at, and present your petitions to the Father. 
Because you know what the word says. He says, don't worry. He says, I'm with you all the time. I will supply your every need. You take courage. Do not fear. All those things he says, right? <coughs> Excuse me. One time a visiting minister said that God wants us to tell him about our wants and desires. He knows them anyway, so tell him. But do it happy. And why, are we, why can we be happy about it? Because he's a good father. In our relationship, we've know, we know that he'll give us the desires of our heart. We've seen him do it before. And if he did it one time, he'll do it again. If he did it for Kevin and Ashley, he'll do it for us. He's no respecter of persons, right? He's a good God. He's a good father. All right. Let's now go to um, Hebrews 11.3. We'll talk a little bit about what faith is. Okay. In the New Living Translation, it says, Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance that, about things we cannot see. I mean, sometimes it's hard to have faith. But when, when you get some confidence that God's going to take care of you, he answered one prayer, and then he answered another prayer, and then he answered another prayer. You get kind of some confidence, right? God, I know you did it before, so you'll do it again. He'll do it again. There's a song that says, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. And, and that builds your confidence. It absolutely does. Okay, Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, what's, what is it going to take to please God? Faith. Turn it around a little bit. In fact, the New Living Translation says it like this. It's impossible to please God without faith. And according to Romans 10, 17, how does faith come? Pastor Danny, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing again. And some more hearing and hearing and hearing. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we've been doing, you know, like our Bible reading plan. And I've had, heard many of you say that you're get, enjoying it and getting things out of it and knowing more, finding out more and more about it finding out about a fa your father, father good, how he's so good. If you read some of the scriptures in the Old Testament, like about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and how God was there for them, regardless of how, in spite of how scary it would have been to be with the lions all night long. Sometimes we have lions of fear in our lives. Ah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Said, oh, God, you did it for Daniel. You were there all night with Daniel. You're going to be here all night with me. I don't have to do this by myself. You're here with me. We can go to the Old Testament and find out those stories. And they're not really stories. They're things that actually happened. But, and see how, see how God helped other people. He'll do the same for you. Okay. Um, and along with my Bible reading, I think like watching the chosen has helped build my faith. Seeing the character of Jesus. I mean, he'll say, that, that, that looks good on you. That green looks good on you. Or... And then he'll laugh and smile and joke around. And, and then you see his compassion when he healed Mary Magdalene, and when he healed the guy at the pool. He says, what do you want? The guy had been there how many years? Long time. And he could never get to the pool before other people did. And he said, but nobody, but nobody will take me to the pool. Jesus said, I didn't ask you that. I said, what do you want? What do you want? Find out what you want out of the Bible. Sometimes we don't know what we want, right? But we'll get into the Bible and it'll help us. <clears throat> so my trust and my relationship with the Father, after seeing some of these movies, have really helped. It's really helped my faith to grow, and I'm thankful for it. My faith is bigger and better. I'm confident in my faith. I hope you all are too. I know what Jesus can do because I've seen it in His Word and I've seen it, seen Him do it for other people. Amen. Okay, let's go to First John five fourteen. And 15, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, where he talks about, <clears throat> this is the confidence that we have in him. And it's in who? In God, it's capitalized. Okay, our confidence is in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? His word. If you ask something according to his will, he will hear you. And if, he, and if we know that he hears us, what we ask for, <clears throat> we know that we have that petition that we've desired of him. He desires to give us the desires of our heart. God loves it when we pray his word. Why? What's his word full of? Power. It's full of faith. 
faith pleases God, right? Didn't we just read that? It's our faith that pleases God. Okay. Um, and then, then in Isaiah 43, verse 26, God tells us, put me in, my, in remembrance of my word. Do you think he's forgotten his word or something? Why does he say that? No, he's not saying that. He didn't think he, God hasn't forgotten his word, not that he ever will. He already knows what he said, but he's looking for our faith. He wants to make sure that we remember what he said. And, we, and that our words, using his words, are, are full of faith. Okay, when we go to the word of God in prayer, it builds our faith or our confidence. And when we know that he hears those prayers, and he's going to answer those prayers, you get confidence there, don't you? You have that confidence he's going to answer your prayers, especially if you've had them answered before, like I was saying. If God did it for you once, he'll do it again. Okay. Um, I'm now going to talk about using scripture in our prayers for others and ourselves. Okay? Um, I used to think that prayer was a selfish thing to do. I mean, to pray for myself is selfish. Where's my book? Oh, right here. Oh, no. Okay. Um, a lot of you know that um, your pastoral staff, all six of us, have been a graduate of, or are graduates of Raymond Bible Training College in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, the guy that founded the, the um, school had a mandate on his life to go teach my people faith. And he said, but God, I'm only one person. How can I do that? And so then later on, God led him to start a Bible school. And he talks about... Um, and, and so he helped us so much, Dindy Rick, growing us up in faith. Not only he, but some of the other instructors. And he's, a lot of us call him Dad Hagen. He's just a real father figure to us. And the, this little book here, he's, he talks about how he has, how he learned how to pray the scriptures and what it did for him. He's going into Ephesians 1, and um, if you want to get your own Bibles, you can or I can, I'm going to read it here. It's, it's, he says, I cease not. He's talking about the Paul, the, the Apostle Paul. And the Ephesians church was, they say, was one of Paul's favorite churches. And um, these prayers that he prayed to the, for, to, for the Ephesian people are God-given, spirit-led prayers that he gave to Paul, that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul. And he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making it in mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And then Ephesians 3, 14 and 19. <clears throat> so he says, this is Paul praying another prayer for um, the Ephesian church. And he says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's good to get on your knees. Something humbling about being on your knees, right? All right. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, and then Brother Hagin goes on to say in this book, the turning point in my life came when I prayed these prayers for myself more than a thousand times. I started by reading them aloud, beginning with the first chapter. I personalized the prayers by saying me, wherever Paul said you. For example, reading Ephesians 3, 14 to 17, I would say, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith Brother Hagin goes on to say I spent much time praying these two prayers on my knees at the altar of that last church I pastored in East Texas 
<clears throat> I kept my Bible open before me to these prayers and prayed them for myself several times a day. Sometimes I told my wife I was going next door to the church to pray and didn't want to be bothered except in an emergency. Sometimes I stayed in prayer two or three days at a time. I spent about six months praying this way during the winter of 1947 to 48. Then the first thing I was praying for started to happen. What was he praying for? I had been praying for the spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation, and the spirit of revelation began to function. I began to see things in the Bible I had never seen before. It just began to open up to him, to me. I advanced more in spiritual growth and knowledge of the word in those six months than I had in 14 years as a minister and in more than 16 years as a Christian. That was one of the greatest spiritual discoveries I ever made. <clears throat> I said to my wife, what in the world have I been preaching? I was so ignorant of the Bible. It's a wonder the deacons didn't have to come by and tell me to get in out of the rain. We must have this spirit of wisdom and revelation of Christ and his word if we are to grow. Sorry. It is not going to be imparted to us through our intellect either. The Holy Spirit must unveil it to us. Jonathan, if you get those papers and pass those out, please. Years ago, these prayers, I prayed these prayers twice a day, morning and evening, for a family member. He needed healing desperately, yet he couldn't seem to grasp what the Bible teaches about divine healing. When I prayed, I inserted this person's name in the prayers as I had previously inserted my own. Within 10 days, he wrote me saying, I'm beginning to see things I never saw before. It was surprising how fast my kinfolks changed once I started praying for them scripturally. I had been praying for some of them for years with no results. Okay. So I printed these up. These are the prayers to the church at Ephesus. Today they're going to be the prayers to the church in Lander. That's you guys. That you can pray for yourselves. And I printed them on green so that you can find them in your pile of papers. And green also reminds me of growth. So, um, Jonathan, do you have an extra one? Or are they all passed out? Did you have one? Are, you, are they all gone? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And so, Paul's Ephesians prayers are on one page, and then he uh, has some, another prayer that he prayed over the Colossian church, and then a third, fourth one over the Philippian church. And if you see, I, I added the word me there, and then for the word you, if you want to put in um, somebody else, you can put their name there instead of saying you. Or you could say, I'm, I'm going to pray for John today, and I'm going to pray asking you, Father, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give John spiritual wisdom and insight so that John might grow in, his knowledge, in your knowledge in your knowledge. Okay? But let's all say it together. You can stand up for just a minute. You've been sitting for a while. And when you pray these prayers, don't just pray them as, you know, like what I call rote. Father, I ask that you give me the, your spiritual wisdom and insight so that I might grow in knowledge of you. I pray that my heart will be flooded with light so that I can understand the confident hope. And pray them as fast as you can, like you've got two minutes to get to school or something, to work. Pray them like you mean them. Pray them like you want this to happen in your life. Pray him like you want this to happen in somebody else's life. Okay, let's do that first one where he's praying for spiritual wisdom, and then we'll, then that's the one at the top. And then there's also one for spiritual growth. That's where the headings are in the New Living Translation over that chapter. Okay, so let's do this one and put your name in there. And, and you know, stop and think about it a little bit. What is he saying? And we, you know, we can't stop all the times here, but because we're going to do this all together. So, says, I pray for me constantly. Let's do it together. I pray for me constantly, asking you, God, the glorious Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, to give me your spiritual wisdom and insight so that I might grow in my knowledge of you. I pray that my heart will be flooded with light so that I can understand the confident hope that you have given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that I will understand the incredible greatness of your power 
for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Okay, let's do the next one. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to you, Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, you will empower me with inner strength through your spirit, that Christ will make his home in my heart as I trust in you. May my roots grow down into God's love and keep me strong. And may I have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May I experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then I will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within me to accomplish more than I might ask or think. Did you feel the power? And then do the same thing on the back, Colossians and Philippians. You want to do those two? We got time. Okay. Ayla, you come up and do it. Show me how you would read it. I don't have a microphone. Can you grab us one of those microphones? You to show us how you would do it. There you go. <laughs> um, actually, can I just say something about the first one? Um, when Nick and I were having some issues in our marriage early on, um, I confided in Kendra, and um, and she really just encouraged me to pray this first prayer, actually, in Ephesians over um, putting Nick's name in this. And when I consistently did that, um, there was a huge breakthrough in his life spiritually. Yeah. And it was just... It works, doesn't it? I was like... And then I was reading that book, um, Believer's okay. Authority, mm -hmm. and then I read it again because it's obviously in that book. And I was like... What? So I just got to say, like, that this is just so powerful. And I have such a great, like, um, this prayer means so much to me because of what it has done for our family. So I just had to share that. Okay. Okay. I ask you, Father God, to give me complete knowledge of your will and to give me spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way that I live will always honor and please you, Lord, and my life will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, I will grow as I le learn to know you better and better. <laughs> I also pray that I will be strengthened with all your glorious power, so I will have all the endurance and patience I need. May I be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Amen. So that's how you do it. It's not hard. And as you put the word of God in you, the, the power that's in that word will change your life forever and will minister to you you'll see yourself growing you'll get those um, what I call the light bulb moments when you understand when you have that revelation who you are in Christ and you understand how that how what what the word is telling you okay you can be seated again all right when we use the scripture in our prayers that pleases God so much he loves it when we use the scripture to um, pray. He's such a good, good father. All right. So once again, Hebrews 12, 4, out of the Amplified, says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It's active, operative, energizing. In my Bible, like I said, I've added that word um, above God and more. Not, and I don't, that, I put my, my eye there, so I, say, so I say it. For the word of God that I speak is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. So, is it, yes, it's possible for us to speak these words, right? Because God told us to do that. And will they be absolutely energizing and absolutely effective? Yes, yes, and yes. Will they work in your life? Yes. And they have as much power as if God said them. When you say them, they have just as much power as if God said them. Full of power. It's alive. The word of God is alive. Okay? Praise God. Praise God. And as we're, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be done a little bit early. Okay, let's go ahead and do that last one just because we can. Philippians, now that you put them all away. 
this is talking about love. Okay, you got it? I pray that my love will overflow more and more and that I will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want to understand what really matters so that I may lead, live a pure and blameless life until the day of Christ's return. May I always be filled with the fruit of his salvation, the righteous character produced in my life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. These are all from the New Living Translation. You can get other translations too. If you don't like this one, find one that really fits you and that you like. Sometimes the King James is, is uh, hard to understand with all those words, those Elizabethan words and things like that. In that English, the, some of the more modern translations are easier to understand and, and put your name in there and pray those prayers. Okay. Um, now I want, let's go over now to um, Acts. Where did I put that? Acts 16, 16 to 27. Um, find it. This is the story of Paul and Silas when they were... Um, got in trouble for speaking the name of Jesus and were talking to uh, people about the name of Jesus and, and um, helping people. They got in trouble. People didn't like that. All right? Uh, let's go down to verse... Okay, yeah, where's it at? Verse 19 is, um, and when her masters had seen what, that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and, and threw them into the marketplace. I'm going to go over to the Amplified. And her owners discovered that their hope, that their hope of profit was gone. They were get, earn, earning money off of this gal. They caught hold of Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace where trials are held. And when they had brought them before the magistrates. They declared, these fellows are Jews and they are throwing our city into great confusion. They encouraged the practice of customs, which is unlawful for us Romans to accept or observe. The crowd also joined in the attack upon them and the rulers tore the clothes off of them and commanded that they be beaten with rods. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. He, having received so strict a charge, put them into the inner prison, the dungeon, and fastened their feet in the stocks. I imagine it was pretty dark back there. <clears throat> um, and they were maybe hurting because they'd been beaten. And they um, were probably just, you know, who knows what they were doing. They were just talking between themselves, like, this really this really sucks. We're in prison here for te teaching about Jesus. But, but about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. When the jailer, startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was on the point of killing himself because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourselves, for we are all here. And go back up there to the midnight hour. See that? It was their midnight hour. It was literally midnight. But at midnight, what did they start to do? It says they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. They were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. They were praying and what? Singing hymns of praise to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them, so they weren't quiet about it. All right? <clears throat> um, I heard a man, minister preach on this, and he said that maybe it was literally a midnight hour for them. Maybe there's a midnight hour in your lives about something. There's, you've been having some struggles in some areas and it seems really dark and like, like you can't ever get an answer for it, your problems. There's a time coming when you get into praise and worship. There's a time to pray and a time to praise. Time to pray and a time to praise. And that praise and worship is the highest form of prayer that you can have. I encourage you tonight to get here. 
to get here to the praise to the night of worship tonight. I mean, the presence of God will be here. It was here just for a little bit this morning. Did you feel it? Did you feel it? And tonight they don't have to stop at 15 minutes. They get to go on for a while. And in that presence, there's some bondages that could be broken in our lives. Some situations in our lives because of our prayer and our praise. We're talking about a reverential fear of the Lord. Tonight, come, come. I remember there was a time when I needed wisdom in my life about a job. <clears throat> and the church we were going to down in Oklahoma at the time had a night of praise and worship. And I went up to the altar, got on my knees. I needed an answer. And uh, by the time I got up, I knew that I knew that I knew what I was supposed to do. I mean, it was so cool to get that peace about it. And that's what God will do tonight if you're here. I'm that honoring God with that reverential fear. Um, respect for the goodness of God. Um, and you'll get set free when you have this atmosphere of praise and worship. The presence of God will be here. God is, his, in his presence is where peace is. In his presence is where wisdom is. In his presence, we're providing a place for you to come and just get alone with the Father. Even among all these people, you can be alone with the Father and alone with Jesus. God's here to, to uh, help us and to Want help us grow, right? Right. Amen? Um, I'm telling you, the presence of God is in. You can bring your kids. Our boys grew up in praise and worship like that. A night when we were having services, our services didn't even let the kids go when we were down in, in the Oklahoma because the presence of God was so strong, we wanted all our kids to be involved in that. Today, our kids love the things of God. Our, our middle son one time said, he was going to a church that was, um, they were preaching the word, but they weren't, didn't have much move of the spirit. And God, <clears throat> and Tim said, I miss that, Mom. I really miss that. Having um, time where the Holy Ghost flows and, you, and people are ministered to by the Lord. So come tonight. It'll be good. God, God loves you. God cares about you. He's got answers for you. Okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> we can come into the presence of God and lay our burdens down. Our midnight hour. In the midnight hour. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's everybody stand. Again, thank you for your patience. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for this congregation here this morning. I thank you that we are energized by your word, your word that's alive and full of power, your word that will set us free. Father, I thank you that as we take your word, and take it, put it in our lives, Father God. Deposit it into our lives. That you will take that word and cause it to do what you said you would do with it. I thank you for revelation knowledge. I thank you for growth in love. I thank you, Father, for spiritual growth in the next few, few weeks in those that really want to grow, in those that really want to know you more. And it will just kind of explode on the inside of them, Father. All the revelation and the times, well, I've read this 50 times before, but today I understand this scripture. Today I understand this passage. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for those times, those times of revelation, Father. Father, I thank you that they will understand how wide, how deep, how long, and how high your love for them really, really is. That, you, that they will feel and experience your love. Sometimes there's things and situations we go through in our lives that other people want to help us, tell us this is how you do it, this is the way you do it. But we just don't understand it as much as if we experience it ourselves. Father, I thank you for those experiences with you where you meet people where they're at, where you, you'll help them, you'll help them to grow. 
help them to understand all that you have for each one of us, the wonderful plan that you have for each and every one of us. Father, your word is so alive in my heart, so good. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to say if there's someone here this morning that has never accepted Jesus into your heart, just ask him, and that's, ask him, just ask him Jesus to come into your heart and make his home in your heart. If you've never done that before and you'd like to do that, it's not about joining, or we can do that right now. We can do that this morning. Lead you in a prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's not hard. I heard somebody say one time that the way they prayed it was, Lord, just take this hot mess. If you still want me, just take it and do something with it. And that's given, that was given God's permission to come into your heart. Another person I know um, said, Lord, just take my life and do something with it. Today she's well known around the world as a preacher. Loves God. So is there anybody here that would like to do that? Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Has everybody done that here? pretty good deal, isn't it? I've heard it say that Christianity is a great exchange. You give God everything that you don't want, all the mess, and you get all his glory, you get his love, you get his patience, you get his kindness, and your love changes forever, doesn't it, sister? Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.